Iron Man makes Pepper Potts a Black Widow. This is <laughs> the end game spoilers. This too soon. Way too soon. Not holding back. That was a good one, though. Dear Mr. Fantasy, it's our endgame review. I'm your host, and my name is Pappy. That song's playing in the background. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode, I don't even know, 229, I think, of spoilers. Oh, dang, are we that high? I think so, yeah. It's our, But it's our end game review, uh, Superheroes 2, Revenge of Purple Man. Um, first of all, I'm super excited to have probably my favorite guest in the history of spoilers back. The Oof. one, the only, the mad titan himself, PK, the god. <laughs> Man, I have like a huge smile on my face. That was a good intro. I, I'm, I'm honored. Well, it's been too long. Like we've added a couple superhero movies without you, and it doesn't feel right. I, I don't know. like it. I don't like it either. But yeah, I'm back. It's good to be back. Unfortunately, I'm not in Los Angeles anymore. I'm in good old South Bend, Indiana. But I did commit and fly all the way to LA just to see this movie. And it was totally worth it. Wow. What was that like? Oh, it was great. So, seeing it out there last year for my Infinity War experience, I couldn't, like, not take a step down, you know? Like, I couldn't just... Or I couldn't take a step down from that. Like, I had to go back out there, and I saw it again last night in, in IMAX in, like, Portage, Michigan, which was... It was cool, but it wasn't the same. Like, I'm glad I went out there because I got the experience I wanted. I had people cheering. Right after the opening scene when the Marvel logo came on, I started the cheers. I gave him a little go, woo, and then popcorn <laughs> cheers came up. And then by by Captain America grabbing the hammer, the whole theater was losing their fucking minds. It was mm-hmm. great. That was probably the biggest applause line in my theater, too. Both times that I saw it, people lost their yeah, minds. Yeah, it's the biggest pop for sure. Oh, I didn't know you saw it twice. Yeah, yeah, I saw it last night. But that voice you just heard was not PK, but BK. BK. Brett. Good to have you on the podcast. You've, you've been on these Marvel movies quite a bit lately. Uh, I guess, what was your hype level going into and coming out of uh, the end game? Uh, my hype level was 100. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny when, after Britt and I watched Infinity War, we, like, geeked out the entire time on the way home. We were talking about everything. I mean, everything we could think of. And we barely said a word to each other on the way home from Endgame. So, now it was 2.30 in the morning. Um, but I, I mean, again, I was hyped. I mean, probably a hundred hype, but it's just, it was a lot more to take in than, you know, cause if any war, all those people died, but it like everyone knew it wasn't, most of it wasn't real death. This was like, you know, we saw some real crazy stuff. So yeah, very true. And, uh, last but not least, Mikey, speaking of a man who's seen some real crazy stuff in his days, uh, <laughs> the craziest mikey i i know you you love spoderman um i guess comparing endgame to infinity war where, where are you at uh, as far as that goes uh yeah i, I wrote a letterbox review saying uh, i gave this four stars and i think i gave infinity war like four and a half five stars i just thought infinity war had like more action in it i think uh endgame there's a lot of uh downtime between uh, some pretty big fights, so I thought uh, just Infinity War was a little more exciting, and I think uh, the emotional, the emotional uh, highs kind of like hit harder in Infinity War too, because people 
a lot more people kind of disappear and die in that movie. Well, fair enough. Yeah, we'll get into some of the specifics of the emotional highs and certainly some of the emotional lows of, of Endgame. Um, this is a big, big movie. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, um, this is one of our spoiler reviews for a new movie. So it's not going to be as long as our, as our movie review episodes. Um, but I'm going to try. I thought about a couple different ways of doing this. For Infinity War, we went through the different characters' plot lines. Um, but I think it's going to make sense to kind of go old school spoilers and kind of break this down into four acts. So I got setting the stage, the time travel part, the final battle, and the aftermath, the aftermath, the denouement of the movie. So let's let's just jump right into it. So I don't like I said at the beginning, I don't want to go scene by scene. Um, but the cold open of Hawkeye. Oh. Uh, mm. Good. It's one of the best parts of the whole movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of reminded me a little bit of prisoners. Like his his kids are are disappearing, and uh, um, they're playing uh, or they're doing archery, and they're talking about eating mayonnaise on a hot dog, and oh. that serene family setting is just totally disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that that's pretty great. Uh, but then. PK, do you want to get us kind of kicked off then uh, with the story proper? Uh, where would we leave Iron Man at the end of Infinity War? Well, I just wanted to hit on that opening scene one more time because that was like super powerful. I just love how it kind of gave us like, like we got that like kind of non-superhero version of it when you saw like Nick Fury seeing everybody disappear and kind of the chaos in the city at the end of Infinity War at the at post credit scene. But just the smaller scale of just Hawkeye on the family with his farm, super quiet. He's just having a good time with his family. And then he turns around for a split second and they're just gone. And he's just like, what the fuck? I thought that was just giving it that smaller scale perspective, a more intimate perspective made it so much more powerful. But uh, yeah, we leave off Iron Man and Nebula in space. It sounds apparently it's been 21 days and they're out of food. (laughs) They're playing paper football. And it was funny, the second time I saw that, I was trying to remember, I was like, man, I remember, like, playing paper football, but I don't remember how to fucking fold one up. <laughs> it's been too long. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that was a good scene, because I think Iron Man actually was about to die. Like, she basically, Nebula puts him up in the cockpit after he records a going away message for Pepper, and mm-hmm. it, it seems like that's going to be Iron Man's end. And then, lo and behold, Captain Marvel comes to save the day and of course you know this being the end game the the end of the series there's there's a lot of setups from previous movies and payoffs of course here but but i thought that that recording of the message early on in the movie was a setup for you know the, the message that's played ultimately at spoiler alert uh tony stark's funeral uh later on kind of showing that that's that's something that he does but yeah so like you mentioned captain marvel shows up uh the, the gang are, are they're rescued they go back to the avengers uh center um and tony stark's pretty pissed um he's they're all kind of dealing with the aftermath of losing the battle to thanos and uh captain marvel's like let's just go kill him and so that's what they go do uh mikey i always thought that like beheadings weren't a thing in disney movies i guess how did you how did you feel about the beheading of of thanos and how quickly this happens this is like the first 15 minutes of the film well you were on aladdin you know that people get uh (laughs) get the old sword to the neck sometimes i cut a few throats yeah uh no yeah that was a very surprising i don't know pk if that was in the comics or what but uh that 
was pretty violent and uh, really came out of nowhere with Thor beheading Thanos like that. Um, I think that was probably the most violent thing I've ever seen in a Disney movie, but... It hit did pretty anybody, hard. Did anybody get like some Darth Vader vibes when Thor was walking away and the music got kind of <laughs> dark with the cape flapping? I got hmm. some Darth Vader vibes. Hmm. A little bit, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about it at the time, but. Brett, what'd you, what'd you feel about the early exit for, for this timeline's version of Thanos? Uh, I was pretty shocked. I mean, as long as he came back, I, I'm okay with it because I think he's amazing. And it's crazy because he got, I think it's him and Thor got way more screen time than anybody else in the last movie. So but I think it was also kind of like a, this isn't going to be about him again. It's more about everybody else and he's just kind of an afterthought so it was cool i mean it, yeah it was shocking like really shocking yeah and, and thor takes up more of the screen in this movie than he does in any <laughs> yeah. other movies as well but um i think one of the the boldest choices that this film makes then is, is from killing thanos there's a flash forward a title inner title card saying five years later and um yeah we, we, we flash forward i guess to the year what would that be 2023 or 2020 or 2024 um Brett, how would you describe our Earth five years after Thanos' snap? What's what's it like here? I mean, it's dire, it's dour, it's just everyone's sad. There's, you know, they made a comment about there's more whales in the harbor because there's less ships and less pollution, and it's just Sounds everyone's perfect. sad. Yeah. Hashtag Thanos was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just everyone's trying to figure out how to go on. I mean, it's even five years later, people are still coping with how different everything is and missing their loved ones and everything. I mean, they're still making video games apparently, but (laughs) (laughs) still playing Fortnite. Uh, Tilted towers is still there, I guess. But PK, how did you feel about the, uh, the therapy session with uh, Captain America? That's kind of a callback, right? To previous films. Um, I thought that was really cool just because we got to see, um, I don't know if it was Joe or Anthony, but one of the Russo was brothers. Joe, yeah. That was a cool little thing. And I don't know, um, I read something that that was like the first time they've really like had an openly gay yep, character yep. or person in a Marvel movie. So that was that was pretty cool. I'm sure it was edited out in the Chinese release, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was in the trailer I w- when we saw that there was going to be like kind of like a support group. I was really hoping that it would be Curtis from the Punisher series <laughs> leading the group instead of Captain America. I was like, man, that'd be a cool tie-in. But, I mean, if anybody's going to do it, Captain America's the guy to do it because he can give a hell of a speech like, like Rocket and Ant-Man say. <laughs> but, yeah, he's. I thought that was really cool to see him kind of trying to lift everybody back up and keep everybody going and moving on, even though, like he says, this, uh, Scarlett Johansson, like, he's not going to move on, even though he's trying to help everybody move on. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Ant-Man, you mentioned Scott Lang there, and probably one of the most fortuitous moments, I guess, in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, a rat happens to run across <laughs> the, the control console of his of his epic brown minivan and hit the right buttons to release him from the quantum, quantum realm. And that's kind of what kicks off um, uh, their being able to find a solution to Thanos' snap. Um so he proposes time travel 
as a as a means he goes to the avengers place and and they have a conversation he, and he proposes time travel as a means of of going back and undoing what thanos did um uh let me actually just introduce one other thing too um so they they assemble the crew to to try and do this so we get tatted up hawkeye smart hulk and fat Lebowski Thor. I guess. Did you guys have any thoughts on on any of those guys? I think he's called Professor Hulk, right? I think that was a storyline from the comics. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it felt a little too goofy for me with, uh, especially with Thor. Um, it was funny to see him fat for a while, but I was just like waiting for him to like fly around the earth really quick and lose all those pounds and then same. Just be- super thor again and like slide right (laughs) back into being a superhero because he's kind of a downer for like the rest of the movie and then he kind of his his arc kind of trails off and he leaves with the uh guardians of the galaxy so i guess that's like his new thing now but uh yeah thor i thought thor was like just a little too goofy for me and even like uh professor hulk or whatever i thought that was like a little I'm sure it's in the comics or whatever, but I thought it was just a little out there, a little weird. Thor getting fat and like being a drunk is also a comic storyline. So I don't know. I mean, they pulled some pretty rare ones out, but I mean, I think it's, he's supposed to be coping with PTSD and he does it by drinking and not taking anything seriously. I guess that makes sense if you think of it that way. Yeah. I kind of like it because it goes back to like Infinity War. One of my favorite scenes from Infinity War, I think I talked about it on that podcast too, where when Rocket, kind of talks to Thor in the ship and he's kind of going on about how many people he's killed and how he really doesn't have anybody left to like that he cares for. And it seems like he's really depressed. And you know, if, if Thanos is the next one in the long line of people he has to kill, he'll just, then he's got to do what he's got to do. But I think the fact that they lost and then they had a chance to kind of redeem themselves and he fucked it up. I think that just sent him over the edge and yeah, he just, started like drinking himself to death pretty much but he can't because mm-hmm. he's a fucking god so right. <laughs> i think yeah. him being fat like that is would have killed anybody else drinking that much so <laughs> yeah he drinks like a pappy on a game of thrones episode <laughs> but, uh <laughs> i would yeah i i'm kind of with uh kind of a combination of you guys i thought some of the jokes with thor uh were a little bit too marvel humory like the the whole reason that he gets on the ship is because there's beer but on at the, the same ship. time like thor's been he's become that character like in the past like mm-hmm. ever since thor ragnarok and infinity war like he's become the comedic guy. yeah goofier for sure which is a my opinion was a good move but go ahead sorry pat no no you're you're totally fine but like like i was saying that that humor might be a little bit too much for me but one of the moments that that really did, does does work is when uh uh, smart Thor and Ant Man, they're, they're in a diner. And these kids come up to, to, or sorry, Professor Smart Hulk. Hulk yeah. Uh, Professor Hulk. They, and they want a selfie with Professor Hulk. And Scott Lang's like, hey, you want a selfie with Ant Man? And there's <laughs> this little boy, he just like shakes his head no. <laughs> like, yeah, it's funny. Like, no, I don't want one. And then he, like, Ant Man gets all pissed. He's like, take your goddamn phone. It's like, whoa. Chill <laughs> <laughs> out there. Um, but I don't want to breeze over Hawkeye too much. I mean, there's not, not a ton to say. He's, he's kicking ass in Tokyo. I love the, uh, the, um, subtitles uh, when he's in Japan. It kind of reminded me of John Wick because oh, they're like, yeah. colored and they, they kind of like fade out. But I, I had this theory and then I saw like a million other people on the internet have this theory so I felt a lot less special. But PK, we know uh, Hawkeye's going to get his own Disney Plus series. Do you think it might be here 
in between the snaps um, in Tokyo? That kind of seems like a logical place for it. Uh, I don't know. I actually never thought of it. I didn't know he was getting his own series. That's cool. Um, I, yeah. I don't know because it just depends on how dark Disney is willing to go because if that's the case, they got to be able to – it will have to be like almost like Punisher status because from what uh, um, War Machine was describing to, to Black Widow, it seems like he was leaving – some pretty messy scenes. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just depends on Disney, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that kind of assembled the crew there. Uh, we, we, you talked about Black Widow and of course caps with them. And so they know that they need Tony Stark to be able to pull off, um, time travel. Mikey, what's going on at the Stark household? How, how has Tony fared in the five years post Thanos? Uh, well, he doesn't live in the city anymore, I don't think. He just uh, has a cabin in the woods somewhere, and he lives a pretty quiet lifestyle. He's a dad now. Uh, Pepper had a kid, and... They got married. Yeah, he's pretty normal. He doesn't even really look like he works on too much, like, uh, technology stuff anymore, really, besides just goofing around with his kid, so, uh... I think he's really pulled it back, and he doesn't really make any indication that he's working on any Iron Man stuff at all. So I think he's pretty much out of the game at this point. Things are going pretty well for him compared to everyone yeah, else. Yeah, he's happy. Yeah, compared to everybody else. Did anybody else, else think that uh, when he first went out to like see his daughter that it was a dog? <laughs> She's in a doghouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, feeding time. I was like, oh, cool, he's got a dog, and... Man, he's got a kid. Like the little foreshadowing with the with the helmet, and he says it's like an anniversary gift for mom. That was super cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not not to skip ahead too far, but we 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 come to learn that the way time travel works is that when you change things in the past, they don't change the present. It just creates a divergent timeline, kind of an alternate reality, which. On one hand, I like because it's cleaner. And I mean, they even joke about like uh, Bill and Ted and Back (laughs) to the Future and all that stuff. But on the other hand, I felt like a lot of the reservation that Tony Stark has for not wanting to build the time machine is because the potential of fucking up this family that he's created. And there's even a conversation with with him and and Pepper and where she's like, you know, we've had it pretty good, but other people haven't had it so good and so i thought the film was gonna go to a place where tony had to risk you know sacrificing his his new family to save everyone but but eventually that's just kind of was more well it was part of that and i think it was more that he's like there's a good chance i'm not coming back from this not necessarily that was it was going to change things but i think he was worried he wasn't going to come back that's a good point i'm with you though pap i thought he was worried about you know some butterfly effect or whatever that was going to make his daughter not be born but think they kind of explain that away pretty quickly after that but like what pk said so yeah no i mean exactly and it's like i said i do think that the way that they handle it is a lot is a lot cleaner and uh kind of gets rid of some of those cinema sins plot holes but uh tony stark eventually kind of relinquishes and builds the discovers time machine while pepper potts is discovering composting um (laughs) a nice the nice moment of his daughter loving him 3000 and eating, eating juice pops, but and saying shit and saying, shit, I love, I love that part. That's a word that mommy says. <laughs> Somebody says to her. Um, but so this is my favorite part of the film is that 
they, we have time time travel now. So then we have three different uh, time heist. Yeah, three different time heists to go back and uh, recover the soul stone or recover the infinity stones to to do their own version of the snap. Um, PK, I'll let you choose. Do you want to talk about New York or Asgard or Morag and Vormir? Mm. Um, I'll talk about I'll talk I'll talk about Morag just because like as soon as they went there, I was really hoping that they would run into Chris Pratt dancing and singing, and they did. And I was really hoping they'd play a scene where you cut the music out and you just hear him singing, and they uh, did. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> so he's a moron so, or something like that. I thought that was really cool, and I, did, I did not expect the whole Nebula inter- intercepting the transmission of yeah. her own, and then the whole storyline of Thanos actually catching on and figuring out what the fuck's going on and him, the past Thanos driving to the future, the, you know, that's getting a little ahead of the time, but, of, of where we're talking about, but, yeah, I thought that was a super cool dynamic. Mikey, how'd you feel about the Black Widow Hawkeye sacrifice uh, Man. to get the Soul Stone? They great. really lucked out that uh, Hulk didn't end up with one of them. <laughs> that would have made the decision so much easier. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought, uh, I guess I was a little confused at the end how they couldn't go back and save Black Widow in the end, but I guess they kind of explained that in a time travely way, but, uh, it was a decision that they had to make because you can only get to Soul Stone, Soul Stone by, like, sacrificing someone, so one of them had to kill themselves, and they kept fighting each other, I t- they're lucky they didn't kill both of each other, and <laughs> yeah. fall off and not get anything in the end so it was actually kind of dumb on their part but uh it was like an emotional moment because they've been friends i don't know if they were it was implied that they were dating at some point but uh uh yeah it was emotional for them because black widow is not coming back it, did you did anybody done. expect her to die or did everybody think it was gonna be hawkeye i thought it was gonna be hawkeye I, because I gonna black be hawkeye. widow's got movies coming out I, yeah same even though that that was happening, I, I I had a feeling it was going to be her, just because like, you know, Clint. Even though he lost his family, like they were trying to get them back, so like, right. he had something to look forward to. And, and in the beginning, when she was talking all the hologram messages of you know Captain Marvel, Rocket, and all them, like she seemed pretty fucking depressed. Yeah, and, she's like, broke. He was she, like she broken. really wanted to do something that that made it like a big difference and something that made it seem like she mattered. So I, I, as soon as they were up there, I was like, she's done. But I thought that scene was really cool. Yeah, it was, I mean, for me, it would be kind of a clear cut choice. One of them has like a wife and kids and a family and the other one doesn't of who's going to sacrifice themselves. And also like I saw, I remembered seeing clips in the trailer of Hawkeye that I hadn't seen yet in the movie. And I was like, well, he's not dead. So I was like, God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't watch trailers anymore. (laughs) Uh, so I'll take the Asgard one. So Rocket and Thor go back to freaking Thor: The Dark World, uh, 2013, to grab the Reality Stone. And um, I'll be honest, at the end of Tony Stark dying, I wasn't even close to like crying. Like I, I, I cry all the time in movies now, but that that didn't quite get me. But GD, you guys, like Thor, and his Thor mom. going back to talk to his mom on the mm. day she dies. Woo. That was crazy good. Yeah, that was. I'm almost crazy. fucking crying just talking about that. I have to like think about Scarlet Witch's bags to not <laughs> cry right now. 
that, so bad. It, and that's the way it was done. Like she knew right away that it was exactly. Yeah, it was just so cool how they did that. And she was like, mm-hmm. "It's got to happen this way." You know, she's all like, "Don't worry about it. Don't tell me anything." Man, yeah, yeah, it's how, so like, well yeah, done. Even like since she she told him that she knew he was from the like he just opened up completely and told her like everything and and just. Like it, he, it's exactly what he needed. So good. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's incredible that the Russos are able to mine an emotional moment, but from the film that like most people consider like the worst MCU film outside the Hulk, but like they managed to do it, and it's awesome. They bring back Natalie Portman. They said that about this. Uh, I about mean, don't, don't most people think that the Dark World? Sure, oh, too. I thought one. you meant. I think you meant Endgame. I was like, what? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I think most people think Endgame. Um, one good. thing I was gonna say earlier, like about the Thor dynamic like he seems to have more emotional moments than like most people even though he's like the fat funny guy but like you have a scene like this where he's like super emotional and it's it's, like super deep and I think that's what people kind of overlook with they're just like oh he's fat like it's not it's not cool you know I I don't know I thought it was good Mm mm-hmm I mean, yeah, from a from a like a what they're ask, asking the actors to do, so much is placed on Chris Hemsworth's shoulders. He's like the fu- like the supposed to be quote unquote the funniest character, and then also have this like really deep emotional moment with his mother and the most badass. Yeah, exactly. So I really like this part. I, I think I mentioned that Rocket is the one who who gets the Soul Stone out of Natalie Portman, but uh, Brett. The, this is probably this is probably one of the cooler ones. Do you want to talk a little bit about what happens with uh, Hulk, Ant Man, Iron Man, and Cap uh, in New York, twenty twelve? Uh, yeah. Um, so they go back to towards the end of the first Avengers movie where they're up in Tony's tower, Stark Tower, and oh man, well they do they steal it yet before they go down the elevator? But either way, it's kind of funny they make Hulk walk down the stairs and uh, <laughs> Cap, like, the, the way he's able to steal it from all the evil secret Hydra guys is he, like, whispers in their ear, Hail Hydra. So, yeah. um, and then that he gets it. That was straight from the comics, too. Or that was a, a shot for the comics. And it looks like they're going to have one of the easiest, if not, like, the easiest time. Everything's working out. They have the, the briefcase and then the plan with Hulk to walk down the stairs backfires and they knocks the thing out and who t- uh, Loki gets uh, the Tesseract and then uh, one of the cool weird serene scenes was uh, surreal scenes was when Captain America fights Captain America <laughs> it was like the two corniest people ever fighting each other but and they, they use they like they weaponize the, the future to fight these guys like you know he's getting he's about to get choked out and he says something like Bucky's alive, just like you know he used Hail Hydra and I don't know if there was any other ones they used but I kind of like how they weaponized the knowledge they have. But uh, so but they have to go back in time. Tony and uh, Tony and Cap have to go back in time to what seventies and uh, do they ever say where mm-hmm. it was? Just ar- the army base, New Jersey, New Jersey. And yeah. th- I thought this was another kind of not emotional but really cool scene where. You know, Starko was talking about he had a really contentious relationship with his dad, but he got to see his young dad. That was and so cool. He got to talk to mm-hmm. him about him, and it was a really cool scene. And uh, Cap got to see what's her face. Uh, what's oh. her name? Just Carter. Yeah, Agent Peggy Carter. Carter. Yeah, Peggy. Peggy Carter. So, and that's a little bit of foreshadowing for later, but. 
just really cool. See, I know I like really butchered that, but I mean, no, I mean that's it's a huge movie. There's so much to talk so about. Like, but yeah, you're exactly yeah, they, right. The, there's two goals for them. They have to get the stone. I don't remember which stone it is, and they also have to get more pin particles. If they don't, because if they don't mm-hmm. get pin particles, yep. they're stuck. They're stuck there. So yeah, I, was and watching, they, I was watching a review where they were talking about that. We're like, oh, it's a time travel movie, and they they said they don't have enough pin particles. Why don't they just time travel back and get pin particles? And they actually did, which is fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> Very cool. So yeah. things go pretty smoothly from them. I mean, the only thing they have is you know Shirley from Community sends <laughs> uh, sends some yeah. people after them, but they're Hello. You know, oh, she was the worst. <laughs> but yeah, so and then they time heist back to the future. I think. Uh, yeah, so yep. this is all while Nebula is time heisting herself. Yeah. And getting back to the future. Exactly, yeah. So like like you mentioned that Nebula is kind of uh like videoing out of her eyeball, showing like multiple conversations and, and Thanos finds out that that he's successful in the future and uh they send the other Nebula, the past Nebula, and she opens up the time gate, but they have all the infinity stones. Uh Hulk is able to do a snap with the gauntlet and almost kills him again. Really great setup for a letter payoff, which I mean, we showed it showed earlier too that the the snap really fucked up Thanos, mm-hmm. uh, or, or maybe he was fucked up when he used the stones to destroy the stones. But either way, like, there's some serious consequences when you use the gauntlet to do the snap, and that's shown again to Hulk. But he's successful, it appears, in bringing everybody back, but their happiness is short lived because right after that happens, uh, past Thanos, uh, starts bombing the shit out of the Avengers oh, base. Dude, that was, that was one of cool, my favorite man. shots when Hulk looks up and you just see the giant ship. It wasn't like just in the air. It was like pointed right down, just like fucking staring at him. That was that was intimidating. <laughs> Get that split second of oh shit. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean there's there's a lot to talk about kind of in this final battle. Um I I don't know how in depth we want to go. Brett, I to be honest, for, for me, I'll I'll just say this now. Uh I, I thought that the movie could have just been the time heist aspect and then potentially some kind of sacrifice of, of Tony Stark happening there or, or Cap staying in the past it or something. It could have just been but, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America fighting Thanos like it was at the beginning, kind of. Yeah. Uh, did you like that fight, though? The kind of uh, Because before everybody else shows up, they do have a pretty sweet sweet little battle. That was my favorite fight of the whole thing, probably. Like, the, the whole dynamic of, like, Thor powering the lightning through Captain America's shield and when mm-hmm. he grabbed both his fucking hammers and his beard and hair just immediately went to like Viking braids that was fucking awesome mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then obviously when Captain America motherfucking grabs his Mjolnir and starts raising lightning <sighs> himself that was like fucking incredible oh my god huge cheers from the crowd both times I saw that uh yeah, and then, uh, I mean, not to jump ahead too far, but yeah, so Doctor Strange is now back, and so they're able, and Wong, so they're able to open up the portals, and you see basically all of the Avengers <laughs> that we've come to know over these past, you know, 10 years, 22 films, whatever it is, coming out of the portals. You got Black Panther, you got Mikey's favorite Spider-Man. Uh, Wakanda itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much everybody but Captain Marvel. Uh Brett, I know how much you love the this part of the final battle. Were there any highlights for for you in here? I I'm going to be the this, this, the dissenting of your thing. I thought the final battle was necessary and really cool, and I would have been sad if it wasn't there. 
Um, I know it's maybe a little different than the rest of the movie, but yeah, when they all come through the portals, that was the that was the moment for me where I was really trying not to cry. I, again, I don't. I things that make me more emotional in movies are less the sad things and more like the, the powerful things. Like them coming back was really powerful for me. I loved that so much. Um, when he said Avengers Assemble, <laughs> no, nah, I mean not necessarily that. Just this whole thing, I, I loved it. I thought the battle was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean the Captain America. That was definitely the biggest pop in the theater. People went nuts, uh, rightfully so. I mean that's like a callback from Age of Ultron, uh, where he um, he moves the hammer a little bit. But I, I loved it. I think it was necessary, and I'm really glad they put it in. Well, like I mentioned in the top opening spoiler, uh, the team works together. I mean, there's been some criticism of the of the the ladies unite shot. <laughs> that was, uh, I, I thought it was cool. I mean, it, it you kind of expect it at this point, at this time in the the society that we're in. It, it's kind of I wasn't surprised. I thought yeah, it was cool. yeah, women was like good enough. Some of the more powerful characters, right? So it's funny people are Captain still whining Marvel, about it. Scarlet Witch, like, still whining on. about it though. Like that Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson, isn't she supposed to be, like, crazy strong compared to everybody else, too? So, there's a lot of, like, super powerful women characters. Badass bitches, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those those badass bitches, what they what they do is they're able to... to uh, they're trying to get the gauntlet and or move the gauntlet someplace, I forget. But it ends up in Tony Stark's... Or Thanos ends up getting it. Yeah, he blows up the, time, the, the van and he breaks the, the quantum realm. The time machine, exactly. With his badass spear weapon thing, which was fucking cool as like shit. Like the double blade. Why didn't he have that in the Infinity War? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess he didn't need it with the when, with the gauntlet, but whatever. Yeah. And uh, so Tony, so that's gone. And so Tony looks over at Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange goes like, "What? <laughs> There's one out of forty-five million or whatever." And so Tony wrangles the gem, the Infinity Stones, away from Thanos. And snaps and disintegrates all of Thanos's army, uh, and in the process kills himself. Mikey, how hard did you cry during this part? <laughs> uh, I think Brett made a good point where it's like not so much the sad parts, but more the powerful parts. And I thought when Doctor Strange does that finger mm. one, Tony is like, ah, oh, shit. And then he <laughs> he just knows that this is this is the one he has to sacrifice himself for. So. Stuff like that, and uh, when he's talking to Peter there at the end, it's just so sad. Yeah. Uh, their relationship was, like, so awesome in, like, the two or three movies that they did together. So it's kind of sad that that won't continue, but it was a good exit from Tony Stark there. Yeah, I wouldn't say that any of us were surprised, but it's uh, it's still pretty powerful. We, we predicted that Tony Stark would kill himself. PK, how would you feel about that? that oh, man. Scene? Well... First off, I I fucking teared up before that when when Peter and Tony have their first like uh, reunion. Yeah, where he's like Peter's doing a classic Peter party. Oh my god, you won't believe what's going on! And then he just he just slowly walks in and hugs him. Man, that one like I was like <laughs> like, and then it was weird because all right, so I cried both times when I saw it. The first time I saw it, it was like single tears were just streaming down my right eye, not my left eye at all. And I was like, this is an experience. Don't even wipe it. Just let it happen. Like when he when he died, when the, the Peter Parker thing happened during the funeral scene, 
<laughs> when I saw it yesterday, same exact thing happened, but it came out of my left eye, not my right eye. It was weird. Oof. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I was I was a mess in the best way possible. <laughs> and yeah, I mean that's that's the end of of the battle. Like I mentioned, this this kind of act act for the the aftermath of what happens we we get tony stark's funeral we have a cool shot of of, of all, like a lot of the stars that who have was, been involved that one got me too because if you really think about it you know it's like it all started with iron man and then it pans to like i mean it's, it kind of goes in order of who is friends with iron man the most but like you see like Rhodey and peter parker then cap and all it goes from each individual like hero and it's like, if you really think about it, it's like, man, none of them would be there if it wasn't for him. And that, that made it so much more powerful. I think that they were all really there, too. I read that that was part of like a Vanity Fair shoot, and they had shot that scene at the time. Oh, I hope cool. that's right. I hope that's right. Did but, you guys uh, catch that random guy? I had to look it up, but um, yeah, because I, I, Britton and I said, who's that? And, I heard, I heard yeah. a lot, like a lot of people, like when I saw like whisper, who the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? I didn't, the, I didn't see it at all. It's the little boy from Iron Man 3. It's 3, right? Yeah. 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 And he said something like, well, you're going to leave me like my dad. Or I, I've actually never seen Iron Man 3. so He has like a panic attack talking to that kid yeah, or it, something. It's, it's been a long time. I, I didn't really remember, so it, I had to look it up too. But I've, I've, from what I hear, he could have a potential big role to play later. But I don't huh. know. Mm-hmm. And in, in an ending, well, first, so there's going to be a new... Captain America. Uh, well, sorry. Let me talk about the, the ending that really gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it legitimate, legitimate goosebumps was Captain America goes back to put all the stones and the hammer, so that way the timeline's not messed up. But he chooses to stay back there with Peggy Carter and uh, live his life uh, in the past and move forward. And it's it's a really beautiful send off mm-hmm. for that character. The final shot of the movie is him dancing with Peggy Carter, and there's going to be ah, a new. So good. A new Captain America. Um, God, yeah, it's a great, it's a great ending. Like I, I wrote in my letterbox review, I think that the last, I mean, the, the last ten minutes of this movie are absolute perfection. Like the, the, I'm the so greatest way to cap off. They the gave it to Sam, not me, Falcon, mm. instead of. I mean, it, I, I, I think it Bucky's was cool. more the logical choice. Yeah, but I've, I've, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I've heard Falcon becomes Captain America first in the comics, and or before Bucky, and, and it was just kind of cool. Everybody assumed and thought they were going to give it to Bucky like that's kind of how they were but paving the way Sam's and then got I thought no that was powers cool. though he's weak he's, he's the true he's the true hero you know he's All got right. the heart of, of Captain America that's I think that's what it what it comes down to like you know Captain America he's if he didn't have all that super strength he'd be fighting just as hard as he was that's true with it you know hmm and yeah and Bucky's uh, I mean they're all gonna get more more movies uh, we're ending whatever phase four or whatever it is um, but yeah like we mentioned that's the end of the film a great way to send off uh, these characters 22 film arc uh, any final thoughts I mean it's a big movie we breezed I, over a lot but I love the credits those were like my favorite credits ever like yeah, actual credits cool. I mean obviously not like a post credit scene but you know the kind of the voyage of each one with their signature I thought it was super cool I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I had to go. I, both times I ran out to the bathroom. And the <laughs> second time I ran so fast I knocked over what was left of my popcorn and felt like a giant asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good people of Regal, Regal Cinema, Denver, Denver UA15. Um, but wait, well, what did they look like? You said a signature of the. It was the original Avengers, like the original six. They, like, it had, like, 
cool credits for all of them, but the original six, like Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, all them, they, it like show cool clips of them, and then it would have like a silhouette of them, and it'd have like their signature pop up, then their name popped up. It was pretty cool. It was just cool. It's cool colors, and I thought it was really cool. Nice. The music was really cool in the movie too. Dude, the music the for during the funeral scene was incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Avengers theme slaps, man. That's a damn good theme. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's arguably the most iconic non-John Williams score ever. Now it like, is. What about Wonder yeah, Woman in the... Ready? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Jungle guitar. Hans Zimmer's worst score. <laughs> I love Hans Zimmer, though, so much. Me too. <laughs> I actually like that Wonder Woman thing. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> PK, I, I know how much this the series is meant to you, and and I can't tell you how much it means to have you as our superhero correspondent. But do you have any other final thoughts on on Endgame or, or this this series of of Marvel films? Um, well, yeah, just this the whole cinematic universe that it's created and has the journey for the last what eleven years has been so cool to be a part of and see and. It's just kind of incredible how they've been able to seam all these stories together for so long. And, and um, yeah, I remember seeing Iron Man 1 in the theaters, like sophomore year of high school. I remember I was trying to get back with my ex-girlfriend, and I took her on a date with my fucking parents. It was weird. Mm. But, uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> Classic high school. Man, you guys are so young. Time. It's been a long time coming, and the fact that, like I said, they could seam all these stories together and get it to where it is now and seeing how far they've come has just been freaking awesome i'm i'm super honored to be the superhero correspondent for you guys just because phase three and the infinity saga is over doesn't mean i'm going anywhere so, <laughs> fuck yeah i'll be back so that's, that's, so that's a hard no for you am i hearing that <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a hard no never ever see this movie Okay. Well, yeah. If this is your first episode, which it probably will be for some of you, we just do the yes/no binary rating scale. So, uh, I'll go. I'll go ahead and go next. Um, I I haven't. You know, this is like this is like I said. I I made this little like graph of like power rankings of of the Marvel films, and I put this right up there with Guardians as as the best I think in the franchise. I mean, there really isn't one of these mcu films to me that like rises to like a a 10 out of 10 of of five stars but but when i look at what they've done over the course of 22 films it really is cinematic history Mm -hmm. and what kevin feige has accomplished is is nothing short of incredible and if i know a lot of people want to be cynical about it because these movies make a lot of money but if it were that easy to do dc wouldn't have fucked it up so bad right and i mean like it's not easy to do what they did and, and everybody who's worked on this film like just look at the credits on any of these movies there's a, a thousand million billion names and they all all work their asses off and it really really shows so hard yes for me I'm glad I saw it twice I'm probably going to see it again yep. at some point um, and it might be Avatar uh, for the all time number one worldwide I box hope. office gross we'll so. see <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mikey let's go to you next yeah, this is a definite yes. Uh, like you were saying, not even it's not even just amazing because it's made so much money and that it's tied all these movies together. It's just like logistically, they've been pumping out two super expensive, high quality movies for the past eleven years every year, 
which is insane and kept this schedule somehow and then it all culminates in this it's a pretty amazing end cap of uh this superhero franchise uh, even though it's not over it's kind of like a I don't know, just how it all comes together. It's kind of amazing how they've pulled it together. And there's so many loose ends that were wrapped up and jokes that were finished and stuff. And just having the foresight to wrap all those things up and put a bow on it with uh, such a great movie is a really big feat. Whether you're into this kind of material or you like watching superhero movies or anything like that, you just have to respect it because I don't think anybody's ever going to come close to doing something like this again and it's still not over so uh, I think it's just uh, important to kind of get the understanding for these movies and I'm glad I love this movie and I think uh, that the Captain America stuff was amazing he had some great jokes in this movie too which is kind of like outside of his realm a little bit and then he had some of the highest emotional parts and when he's grabbing Mjolnir for like the first time it's like incredible it's like one of the best moments in the entire 22 mm-hmm. movies so it's it's amazing i i love avengers great movies awesome so that's three yeses brett why don't you make this movie preserved for us and give us your final thoughts oh yeah this is a definite yes i love this movie i've only seen it once i gotta see it again um two things one i thought the idea to go back to old movies when we talked about it earlier, was such a brilliant thing. I thought it was like a big fan service. Fans had to have gotten a huge kick out of them going back to, you know, the first setting in Guardians and going to Thor, uh, Rag, uh, Asgard and all that stuff was really cool. I really appreciate them doing that. Secondly, it's something that Pappy and I talked about. Um, I had read about it and I really hope it's true. Is uh, This movie is too big and too important and too good. I'm a big Oscar guy, so I really hope the Oscars show it some love like I think it deserves. I mean, even if you don't put it with Best Picture, which, and again, this to me, this is like way better than Black Panther. So I think it should be uh, a Best Picture and then get it for music, special effects, sound. Just honor it like I think it sure it could be like a 22 movie. Um, what am I looking for? Like, like a career thing if you want, but I think it deserves it. I think you need to reward these people for putting this stuff together. It's amazing. Um, I just, I'm such a big MCU fan. I think it's so awesome. And I can't believe how late I got into it. Like it's like five years into it. I hadn't seen like any of the movies and then I just got super hooked. So definitely. Yes. I loved it. Can't wait to see it again. That's awesome. That's four yeses. Yeah, good point. We'll see uh, later on if it makes our Oscar Pick'em show. Um, thanks again to PK uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for coming out. I'll see out. you guys for Spider-Man Far From Home with your boy. Gyllenhaal. I know you guys love Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Is that the summer? Yeah, it's in July. Nice. Also, I really hope Thor is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Me too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll definitely have you on for that when that comes around. And, and thank you to the listener for listening. Like I said, if this is your first episode, up next, we have our movie game, Money Mike, hosting uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is referenced in this film, so stick around for that. Uh, but take it away, Spoderman. Spoilerman here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit.
Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. That was spoilers.